Hey friends, welcome to our second podcast of Four Generations of Friends. Uh, first of all, thank you to all those who listened last week and for the fabulous uh, feedback we got. We really appreciate it. Hopefully you listened to the first one and that's why you're here. If not, feel free to go back and give it a listen because i got to say it's been very popular. So I'm Susie and I'm the oldster in the group. 63 and I have three grown daughters I've lived in Westfield for a couple years and I've known these fabulous women for almost a year I'm the next oldest I'm Jen and I am 50 years old I will be 51 in a couple of months and I have three college children actually they're all in college which has been quite an ordeal (laughs) I'm Farron I'm the youngest of the group at 35 uh, and I have a 13 year old daughter so navigating Middle school and teenage years. And I'm Kimmy, and I'm 44, so I'm middle of the road. And I have three fur babies. All right, so last week we talked about how lucky we all are that we found one another and established this great circle of friends. So we're going to flip things around a bit today and talk about toxic friendships and how difficult that can be to deal with. An issue for me is somebody that I don't feel is honest and trustworthy. If I'm going to get close to somebody and bare my soul, which I am very uh, quick to do, I want to make sure that I can trust them and I feel like it's a respectful friendship. One of my besties in Fort Wayne talks about being a foxhole friend. You know, if, if you're in the most dire situation, who do you want right there with you? That's what I'm looking for. In and if they say they're going to show up and get into your foxhole, you want them to actually show up. With wine, because it's a foxhole, and that's not fun. Well, okay. True. <laughs> True. I think that's a huge one for me, too, though, because I, as you all know, I, I don't really have a filter, so everything to me is pretty much black or white. I want people to tell me the truth. And when I, if I ask you a question, I ask your opinion, I'm not asking you to give me that, oh, your sweater looks beautiful on you. I want you to say, the sweater looks good, or, oh my gosh, that's an awful color for you. Tell me the truth, because that's why I'm asking. If I wasn't mm-hmm. wanting your opinion, the honest opinion, I wouldn't ask the question. So would you say that's a difference between a friend and an acquaintance? An acquaintance, you're going to say, oh my gosh, I love your haircut. It's so cute. Absolutely. And a friend, yeah. you're going to be like, you look like an idiot. Did they put a bowl yeah. on top of your head and cut around it Dumb and Dumber style? Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly right. Are there times, For me. Are there times you don't want somebody to be honest with you? Well, I think there are times when I think you can have an unspoken thought. I think if you hate my sweater... You don't necessarily need to tell me that. That's but if, not I, being but if I ask you... But if I ask you, I would like your honest opinion. That's what I was going to say, too. I think that's a good thing. Because sometimes there needs to be a little finesse, you know. And and not for everybody, but if you're like, hey, what's the sweater look like? And, well, you know, it's it's a pretty sweater, but it just doesn't look right on you. Versus, you know, that sweater sucks. All right, anyway. what other things do you try to avoid negativity for me it's negativity i i don't want to be around people who are emotionally draining me every single day i want to be able to have a conversation and and sit down and enjoy myself and 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 that's not to say that people won't make negative comments that's completely different than the person who sits there and complains about every single thing that happened to them that day i don't have the emotional energy for that so i don't want that the, the energy that I have, I don't want to be drained for negativity. 
Yeah, and there are people that just are constantly, I mean, negative drama, whatever. And again, like if, you know, if something bad happens and I'm your friend, call me. I am here. I'm a listening ear. Text me. I will show up. But when it's just there always has to be a problem because that's what they use to kind of get your attention, it makes me insane. Like and watching a reality television show. True. Um, I think also one thing is you, you see those people or you're talking to those people and they're like, oh my gosh, the whole world is against me and nothing goes right. Those kind of people that you're like, wow, how can I help you? But you don't want to be really be helped. And that for me is a big one because if you're, if you have a problem, my inclination is always to, well, there's a problem. Let's fix the problem. Right. What can we do to solve the problem? How can I help you? If you're doing nothing but complaining about having a problem every single day, I'm running out of ideas. Right. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, you do want to just vent sure. and not, you know, I, I do it to my husband all the time. I vent. I don't want a solution. I just want you to hear how pissed off this situation made me. Mm-hmm. But it's when it's just habitual. It's all we talk about. It's all there is. There's always a problem. There's always something wrong. And then it's like... Right. One of the things I ask my girls all the time, like, are you venting or are you asking me for advice? Right. And I think we've all had friends who it's just always venting and not being accepting of someone else's advice. But there are those people that just, when you sit in a room with them... Constant. All they do is complain the entire time, and every time you see them, and they never have a positive word to say, and that makes me insane, just right. because it's so... I feel like sometimes I vent so much that I vent outwards so that I don't say anything to the people that uh, that maybe I don't, I don't, wouldn't want to hurt their feelings or do anything like that, but it helps me... But that's not even what I mean by negativity, though. So you're yeah. venting, and you're, you're venting to your friends. But there are those people that just, when you sit in a room with them, Constant. all they do is complain the entire time. And every time you see them, and they never have a positive word to say. And that makes me insane, just right. because it's so exhausting. Yes, right. exhausting is right. a good word. I like that. It just that. brings you down. Okay. Like we are sitting here down now because we're talking about negativity <laughs> and I can hear it in our voices like because yeah. that's not us and we're always helping each other and uplifting each other but we're talking about this negativity and I can feel us almost coming inward in our own voices I'm and that just tells you how it yeah. you know how it is. We talked a little bit about um, trust. I think also that extends to you want somebody that's not going to stab you in the back. Somebody that's not going to act like a friend and turn out to be talking disparagingly about you to somebody else. People who are backstabbing you, people who are talking about you behind your back, it's because there's something about you that they're, you know, unhappy in themselves. So it's like a campaign to try to bring you down. It's insecurity on their part. I think that's true. But... I don't want to be in that kind of relationship or right. No, exactly. and, and and so there's there's good jealousy, there's bad jealousy, right? So, you know, Jen goes scuba diving in Turks and Caicos and I'm like, I'm jealous. That seems really freaking cool. Or there's Jen's a piece of shit because I want to do this and I can't do it. So then I go to somebody behind Jen's back and I'm like, Oh my god, have you ever even like talked to Jen? All she talks about is scuba diving. Oh my god, like she's so hard to be around and that's a jealousy that's a bad jealousy trait, and I'm backstabbing her, but it's because I'm freaking jealous yeah, that I didn't go to Turks and Caicos. Like, so you do have these people in your life that, and we've all found out later, you know, we've all been sitting around drinking wine, and someone's like, oh, my God, you would not believe what this person said to me about you. And it's hurtful, but it's coming from a place of jealousy. This person 
is saying all these horrible things about you because because they're they insecure. Yeah, that's it. Insecurity. And, you know, the thing is, you know, I guess I'm probably the worst one to ever talk about one of my friends to because I just don't put up with it and I just don't let it happen. You know, I just I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, hey, probably not a good thing to tell me. And if I've heard it or do something, then I will probably confront you and say something if you've messed with somebody that I care about. And, you know, so when you start backstabbing back to the negativity, I don't want the negativity and I enjoy the people. And until they do something to me, I don't want to hear anything about it because I go off what, how everybody treats me. If they're talking about somebody they care about, they're obviously doing about anybody. I had two friends that, and I was young, I was 22. You still are young, but <laughs> thanks. And I remember like this epiphany that I had because anytime I was with, we'll call her C, she was talking so badly about S. And then I'd be with S and she'd be talking so badly about C. And I remember coming home one day and I said to my husband, hey, I bet when they're together, they're so talking, talking about smack you. about me. <laughs> like there's no way that they're each trusting me with all these negative comments and they're not talking about me behind my back. And I think it's funny because, you know, we might sit here and be like, oh my God, do you know how great Susie's crack candy is? And, you know, or something along those lines. And I don't really feel like that is talking. Well, and, and I mean, we have a friendship group of four people. So I know we've all jokingly said something, you know, about the other person. Like, oh my God, Kimmy Kim's is always late. late. But it's not, <laughs> it's not. You know, at the end of the day, we love her. We trust her. She's a part of our friend group. So when we're well, and, joking... And we say it to her. I yes. think that's the yeah. difference. We yeah. would never say anything to someone right. else that we wouldn't say right. to each other. Right. Right. But I also think, you know, going forward to that, I mean, another thing for me is judgmental people. I think the biggest red flag that I hear people say, I'm not judgmental. When, when somebody says that, the first thing I think of is, wow, you are probably going to be the most judgmental person that I know. And I guess when I hear people, you know, oh, I would never do this or this, or did you see that they do this or this? I have faults. And, you know, again, it comes back to, I want somebody that's going to treat me based on how I treat them and what I, you know, what my friendship is to them. I think there's also a natural way of that when we see something, our eyes and that it, our first instinct is we judge something as soon as we see it. But I think it's what we do with that judgment. I mean, I think we all naturally judge things. That's just how human beings are wired, you know. And, and it's good sometimes. I'm judging the length of that car away from me if I'm going to cross the street. But it's what you do with those judgments. So, you know, Susie wanted a 60-year-old friend. So Farron walks in the room at 35 and is her first judgment like, God, everybody here is so young. But what do you do with that judgment? You know, you put it aside. We became super close besties. Or do you take that judgment and you're like, Ugh, yeah, I just, I don't even want any part of this right now. When I think of judgment, I think it's when anyone says, I like her, but anytime there's a but involved, that turns me off. You, you either like someone or you don't like someone. Maybe there's something about you I don't like. And I would tell you, I really don't like that you do X, Y, Z. It's not going to change my feelings about you. But there are people in the world that literally every they're judging everyone all the time and I don't want to have any involvement. So yeah, I mean, we all judge, but it's when you take your judgments and try to sway someone else's opinion, I think that's yes. where it becomes a problem. I'm a big, firm believer and there are some people that I don't like, but I think it's up to everybody else to decide whether they like that person or not. I don't want to be the person that 
you know, said, oh, hey, Susie, don't be friends with this person. And then later on, she's friends with them because then it comes back to, oh, well, Farron's a bitch because this girl's super cool. Why'd she tell me not to like her in the first place? But one of the traits that really bothers me is when people, like, habitually step on your boundaries. So, you know, I've had people in my life that just push and push and push the envelope and... I'm not always the best at confronting them and saying, you know, you're you're stepping on my boundaries, you're stepping on my boundaries. Which right. actually is a great segue into the, the next part of this, which is what do you do when you have that friendship with someone who is toxic or has become toxic? How do you get yourself out of that relationship? Because in some cases, it's not good for you. I just get up and walk out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. So and I have before. I mean, honestly, I mean, like, if I don't want to be somewhere... I'm out. But, but there are relationships that you've had, and I will give you an example. I had a girl who I was friends with, best friends, all through high school, into college, until I got into my 20s, and she actually had some issues. She had some mental health issues, which I completely understood, and I felt just awful. Um, and I could live with the things that happened because of her mental health issues. She, we would have plans, and she would call or text at the last minute and say, I don't feel like going out. I can't go out. Okay, I can understand that. But at some point, she became so negative and such a bad, she brought bad karma every to every time I saw her. And, and there were things that she was doing that I could not go forward with. She was accused of embezzling from her um, employer. And I'm an accountant, so that, that goes totally against, I mean, I just, I told you guys earlier, I'm black and I'm white. And when it comes to that kind of stuff, you either break the law or you don't, right? right. Um, it happened once, and I she she said there was a, a reason, and it was just a mistake. And so I, I she's my friend. I believed her. I trusted her. It happened again, and and things just kept going in that direction where she was now negative every time I talked to her. It was emotionally, socially draining to be near her, and she was violating one of my core beliefs, which is that you don't steal from other people. So I had to. I, I mean, I sat down with her one day, and I actually said, "I'm sorry." We have been friends for so long, and I love you, but I can no longer be in this relationship. It is not healthy for me, and frankly, it's not healthy for you because I'm, you're allowing yourself to rely on me to give you something that I'm not going to be able to give you. That was brave. So I had to leave that relationship, um, and it was hard. Yeah, because I just go dark, or I think the, everybody calls it ghosting now, and I'm just done. <laughs> and uh, One of my toxic traits probably is that I just am done. I, I cut people off with not a second glance back. So I'm probably a little bit too much like you sat down, you had a conversation with her, you explained it to her. I probably would have just blocked her and walked away. Can you think of things, maybe situations where you handled a friendship poorly and then it, it devolved and the friendship was over? I had a, a, a high school friend move to the area and she just consistently, you know, I felt like she was a user. I felt like she was um, trying to get clout. She was an attention whore, for lack of a better word. All she wanted, in my opinion, was to use me for what she thought I could help her with. And um, she tried to get me to get my husband to hire her husband, all sorts of things. And instead of confronting her initially and saying, you know, you are doing these things and they are not okay, I let it fester, I let it fester, I let it fester. And then I got really drunk on my 31st birthday. I was in Seattle with my friends and she made this post and I was just like, I, I hate her. Like, oh my God, I hate her. And I screenshot it to send to my other friend and I wrote, oh my God, I fucking hate her. And I accidentally sent it straight to her. Ooh. And so 
I sat there and in it for a second and I was like, you know, if for me it wasn't a friendship worth saving, I, I didn't feel good about it in the first place, so I just blocked her on everything. Um, it still comes up, you know, people will screenshot stuff to me, this was five years ago, and they're like, hey, they're talking about you again, and I mean, I've grown, and, but that was, I was extremely toxic in that situation because instead of being a person who said, you're doing these things, I don't like them, it escalated into this whole horrible thing where, and I know that she has hundreds of friends that are looking at me like, she's a bitch, she's the worst. I mean, they say all the time, and I'm over it, I don't care. Um, I thought about apologizing, but I realized it wasn't a friendship that I care enough about to take that step. But I looked like a horrible person, and I was the toxic person, and I know there are people now that think I'm toxic because of how it all played out, and it was all my fault for not addressing those behaviors head on. And how do you compete with that? No, we that's... call it Texgate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think we've all, I mean, I know that I am not the easiest because I put a lot of emphasis and merit on relationships that I have. And sometimes I expect more from them than what I mean should do, I guess. I don't know how to really... But, but that's your expectation. So mm -hmm. have you shared that expectation with the people? As I've gotten older, yes. And I can tell you, same thing. I had a surgery when I was in high school and a friend of mine didn't show up that we had spent like every day together and never came to see me. And I just stopped talking to her. And I'm like, man, what an asshole. You know, I mean, who does that? You know, did I ask the reason why? Did I ask any questions? I didn't ask anything. I just expected them to be there and it didn't happen. I mean, sometimes we're just not the right type of friend for other people too. I mean, I know what I am and it's not something I try to do. I don't try to be loud. I don't try to laugh all the time. It's just something that just happens. and. I'm not going to apologize for it, but I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And yes, when I walk in a room, I mean, I might stumble in or I might fall in, but, but you know, I mean, it's not something that I try to do. It's not, and you know, it's like, oh, she's loud. Yes, but I can also be your, the person that you can say something to that will never go any farther than where, you know, we are. But I think it also comes back to the, the fact that you have to know what your traits are, and your friends have to know your traits. I mean, I will tell you that my biggest toxic traits, if you want to call them that, are that I'm a control freak. Beyond belief, you guys all know that. I want to no. control every situation. <laughs> um, and I don't have a filter. I say what I think. There are people who cannot operate in that kind of relationship. And I understand that. I've lost friends because they don't want to be controlled. Mm. In certain situations, there are just things that I have to have control on. Of. But are you controlling them or are you just maybe a situation? Controlling the situation. Yeah. Just like when we're making plans to go to Colorado. I took control and said, okay, we're going to sit down, we're going to do these hotel reservations, we're going to do this, and we did it. And I, I appreciated it. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. But, but there, I there was are like, people yes. who, don't, who don't want that. They, don't, right. they do not appreciate that, and that is something that's very hard for them to deal with because they want to be in control, so we don't make good friends. But, yeah. that, but that was control in a way that made sense. It was, we all want to do this thing. Jen is going to be the person that steps up and does it. Right. I have had friends. You know, I planned a trip with, with friends, and I had a person that was like, and now we're going to do this, and now we're going to do this. And you know what? I don't want to do that. So you go ahead and I'll meet you at dinner. And, and so you have those people that want to 
you know, you took control to make this a good situation. You have people that want to take control of the entire situation and they think that you should just do what they want to do. And I'm not, that I can't deal with. And like when we go to Colorado and you guys want to walk and go somewhere, I'm like, go ahead. Because I like to meander. Well, I think, yeah, just to go back a little bit, kind of talking about what we talked about last week, but I think that's one reason why this is such a good friend group because we were able to go on that trip and each person did what they wanted to do when they did wanted to and it worked out sometimes one of us did something sometimes three or four of us did except they made me go hiking and i did not want to go hiking it was 400 feet (laughs) Um, so but there are i think to tie this all together there are traits that we have that other people might not necessarily like, but to know what your toxic traits are mm-hmm. so that you're working on them and you're improving yourself, you know, and then finding people who can tolerate those traits and still want to be around you. You know, everybody is not for everybody. There are people who are wonderful people, but I just personally don't want to be their friend. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. It means our traits don't align to form a friendship. And I think one thing that I think is important from the friend standpoint, if you are someone who your friends are leaving relationships with you and you think you might have toxic traits, but you don't know what those are, ask. Ask if there's some reason that you no longer want to be my friend. And don't be afraid to own up to them. I have a friend that I hope is listening to this podcast and she's a wonderful person. We had a really, really rough time because she was in a really dark place. And we actually met up last week and we had a lovely, lovely, lovely coffee together. And she just said, hey, I used to do these things. I was this horrible, horrible person. I'm working on myself. I'm really sorry. And your friendship is one of the things that I regret, you know, ruining. And I just want to fix this. And it was such a great conversation. It was such a great time. And I and we are working towards fixing it because she is addressing those toxic traits. And she is growing as a person. And I would never, you know, write someone off that wants to do better. And I think that is the, an important thing. If we are doing something that's toxic or we're doing something that is not beneficial, it's, you know, or somebody else's and they apologize. I mean, don't we owe it to them to, I mean, help them? Don't we, you know, what do we do? I mean, like, yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes, apology is genuine. Though. Yes, but I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, man, I mess up all the time. And if somebody didn't forgive me, when I did something wrong, I would be very lonely. Because give people an opportunity to change. And, I mean, what do you do? You believe them until they don't, you until know. give you a reason not to believe. Right. I mean, like, you're that person, you know. So she said, hey, and is giving you an opportunity. Like, hey, and let me tell you about this. I mean, and you're giving her that opportunity. Now, if it doesn't work, then you've given her the opportunity. And it's like, okay. You didn't really mean it, you know? But one of my toxic traits for a while was, no, I cut you off, you're done. You pissed me off one time, I'm out. Like, So I think part of maybe emotionally maturing is realizing that sometimes people are worth giving a second chance to. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you get older, you learn to have those conversations differently. The conversation you have as a 20-year-old with a friend that you don't want to be friends with anymore is not going to be the same as the conversation you have as a 40-year-old or a 60-year-old. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you've learned something in your time on Earth. (laughs) Right. All right, well, I feel like we've covered a lot. Um, Hopefully this has given you something to think about. Hopefully there's part of this that was relatable to you. I appreciate if you've hung in here and listened to all this, and we'll talk to you soon.